This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, Richard. How are you? I am fabulous. It's Friday. <laughs> you do look fabulous. And, you know, I look less than fabulous, but that's great. We love that. For those tuning in, driving in their car, welcome to the Hacking the Afterlife podcast, episode number blah boop boop and thank you for listening for your first time or your last time <laughs> or perhaps your last time jennifer and i have been doing this for eight years on a weekly basis why is it that you look younger and i look older <laughs> <laughs> what's that about okay okay people that are driving in your car pay attention to the road and not the podcast but for the rest of you hi welcome here we are um we weren't able to tune in last week, but we thought, well, we're going to catch up. So yeah. let's see. Let's just jump to our friend Luana, Luana Andrews, who's on the flip side, who is our moderator over there, and she has the guest list. The first thing she, I'm feeling, um, is Robert Town, and I know Robert's here, but there's someone with Robert Town. Something to and do with our friend Robert Town, friend of the show, friend of the podcast, friend of a friend. And hmm, they're very excited for him. And you spoke to him last week? No, but, you know, maybe in my, a dream. But what are they excited about? Is uh, I, know. I you know he's working with David Fincher on a, a prequel to Chinatown. I think that's what they're excited about. Hold on. Oh, great. That'll be fun. It's speeding up fast, or there's something about it being. It's coming up. Yeah. Um, that's exciting. They're saying that we need to go visit Robert. Yeah, you know, that would be great. We should go visit him. He doesn't really get out of the house uh, that much these days. Uh, he's up there and he's, you know, he's a really. Um, yeah. Okay. Hard worker, hard writer. One of the best writers. All um, the Mission Impossibles, Chinatown, rewrote Bonnie and Clyde, some scenes from The Godfather, quite a few other. Uh, Without Limits, I was talking about the other personal best, a movie I worked on. Awesome. Yeah, he's just a really terrific guy. Yeah. So hopefully, I hope uh, to talk to him, and then if I do... Yeah, I, I don't know why. I mean, they haven't told us that before, but they're just saying that we need to go visit him. So yeah. we should make a trip. All right, I'm all I'm down for that. If we can get him away from his typewriter. Um, all right, Lou, is that what you wanted to talk about, or who else is here? Yeah. Um, when, hold on. They're putting me, a picture of me in my mind. So hold on a sec. Usually you pop in, but they're putting me, okay. Two days ago with me. I don't even know what day it is. Hold on, Wednesday, okay. They're excited for what we discussed earlier. That's interesting. Good. Oh, that's very good. All right, very good. The possible things in Jennifer's future that might take her away from our show. <laughs> Nothing. 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 Yes, we'll be doing our show from the flip side in a few years, and then we'll be like, tune in to this channel off planet. <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. Okay, they're showing you that. And that's just a wonderful way. So let me ask you, Luana. You know, when we were talking about recapping things, are you storing things up 
to talk to us about or are they just spontaneously popping into your mind? She's showing me she has like a checklist. So she wanted to talk about both those things. And then she does say that we should talk about whatever you have written down. Okay. Uh, oh, she wants to bring up whatever the topic is at my, you know, in my mind. Um, yeah. Well, let's see. What, what, is in, what is in my blank mind? Well, you know, I got to say. Well, Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart. I was thinking about Amelia yesterday because needless to say, um, all the people that who, you know, said expressed interest in my version of her story at some point, they don't express interest and let, you know, that's just the way it goes in the industry. But it sort of forces me to address, like, how can I tell the story or the story as I know it from my perspective, my flip side perspective, because you know me, I write a book a week. You do. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that bad. I couldn't, but... I couldn't even get information to a ghostwriter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you and I are in this latest book, which has just come out on Easter. What? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, while well, you were looking the other way. Um, you know, this is a book I've been working on for a couple of years. You know about it. We've talked to people on the flip side about yeah. it. And it includes a number of our conversations with the Alpha and Omega, the fella yes. known as Jesus. And uh, this guy, David Kirkpatrick, the former head of Paramount Studios and Disney reached out to me and he said, I think it's time to hear the story as you've heard it from people off planet and in, in a linear fashion, like what was it like when he grew up? What was it like? Blah, blah, blah. His story, but from his point of view, not mine, but from his and from conversations that you and I have had with him. A number the of those. Yeah. And then also, I'm sorry, I got it too. It just came through the computer yeah. and into me. Also from other mediums uh, that I've talked to, you know, help. There was a trans channeler at one point. It's, and so these stories come from all kinds of people, all kinds of sources. There are people that I do guided meditations with who spontaneously say, I'm seeing him, but I don't believe in him. So why am I seeing him? And here he is painted by uh, Titian, who was a distant relative, Tiziano Vecelio. The greatest story never told, as oh. told by Jesus, it might be backwards on some screens, but as told by Jesus, no, those who knew him. The idea is, uh, as somebody pointed out, there's been a number of books about Jesus called The Greatest Story Never Told, a play on The Greatest Story Ever Told. But my point is, they never told it. And basically, this is the story. It's big, 550 pages. Have you ever had a book that's not that big? <laughs> I'm sorry to say I'm a verbose person, but you know, also when you talk about this stuff, I don't, I don't want to just leave it out there as if like it's my idea or my thought. So I have a lot of research and footnotes and you know sp uh, conversations. When's the audio book? What about the audio book? The audio book should be out within a day or two. It's been uploaded and accepted, and so we'll see. Probably in hopefully maybe in a week. Do you know that I have given out so many of your books? You're so cool. You're my, hair, my number one fan. I love that about you. So listen, I just want to tell people it's a caveat, which is so I'm, not, I'm not trying to sell this idea to anybody. 
I think it's important to say that. Yeah. This book was inspired by people who come to me and said, he wants me to tell you this. And I have to put my brain on hold when I hear it because yeah. any jaded person on the planet would say, what? But my feeling is just allow, hear what the person is saying. So I've spent probably two years compiled, three, maybe three. And I kept waiting because every publisher in the universe, well, whatever, all the big ones, they all turned it down, which is why, you know, I can self-publish. And Jennifer's in it quite a bit. So thank you for that. Um, and you'll be surprised to read it. So I'm I'm gonna I'm just getting a few copies and I'll you know what I love I love the fact that we record these conversations because when I do listen to it eventually, I'm like first time ever. <laughs> and and you know what's amazing, and I don't want to take up people's ear time because they want to talk to you, they want to hear from you. But what's amazing for me is that the consistency of what he's saying through all these different people, not just Jennifer. But all people from all walks of life, different religious, not religious, skeptics, atheists, it doesn't matter. He brings the same kind of message, which is that the Bible's metaphor, that the story that they told about him is not accurate, but that if you look at it, and when I asked him, why are you telling us this alternate version of your life? He said, Richard, it's not alternate if there's truth. So... I'm offering it for future generations. And that's why I say I'm not trying to sell it to anybody. It's yeah. not for everybody. A lot of people are going to be like, what? <laughs> Is he out of his mind? But I, you know, I, it's out there. I love thanks it. to you and thanks to the people on the flip side. Anyways. I'm excited about it. Is I'm that what Luana wanted to talk about? Yeah, Lo, I'm everybody's excited about it. Even like my dad. Up there is excited about it. That's so fabulous. Thank all you, my dad. All my dads. Um, hold on. Don't discount. I can't say that. They're showing me the Bible, and there's. And I know you. I know people's heads are going to be like. <laughs> it's all Bible right. It's a metaphor. They're showing you the book of metaphor. Yeah, and your book, and the scale, and how people choose what works for them. So, and whatever works for them is their truth. Right. Um, but you have, they're showing me how weighted yours is like how good yours is. They just showed me how much more it, it has with all the underlying threading in it. So, and I want to just point out that even in that sentence, I understand what they're trying to impress, which is it's not me, it's not Richard. It's about the idea that I've opened up a door to say, look, I'm going to listen without judgment to what people are saying. And that becomes a body of data that's unusual because they all say the same thing. So it's not my opinion or theory or belief that that's what they're saying. And what Jennifer said is very important to hear, which is your belief system, who you are as a person. It's who you are as a person. And that is how you get through. And if there's love involved, because the message of the book and the story and what we've talked about is love is all there is. Mm -hmm. Right. I got the tools again. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
love is all there is and i you know it sounds like a cliche but it, apparently it's like it has to do with science and consciousness and you know all we're all interconnected and this idea of there being a veil that we can't go past the veil apparently that's a construct as well it's an illusion that we just have and there to... is no veil there is no veil so so speaking of veils let me ask jim a question because your dad is such a wonderful storyteller and i love when he shows up because he's he always tells us new information, stuff that we didn't know before. Like he took you to your Akashic library at one point, pulled yeah. out a volume of Jennifer, flipped through it. And I said, show us an incident or an event that Jennifer's not conscious of, but that you are. That was interesting. Um, and he, you know what he, he, what he showed us was when you were a little girl and you said, grandpa's sick and we have to move to California. Yeah. And, and he was like, what? <laughs> Who said that? Um, but Jim, tell us a little bit about your astrophysics class, because you've taken us on a trip there before. On the flip side, people report at being in classrooms. So have you learned, are you still taking that class or uh, tell us, describe how that works? He's taking different classes within the subject. So, and he's showing me different galaxies. So maybe there's different physics for different galaxies i don't know oh, i would think so yeah because you know if matter goes through a black hole and it turns into something else you know energy doesn't die it always transforms so if on other galaxies or other universe is that correct jim jim am i getting that right you're like that too that's so funny so i so, do that until this it's and i forget like it's just something that they do on the other side when, meaning when, jennifer's uh, for those driving Jennifer's tapping her nose, being correct. So, but what, so could you give us an example? What would it be like on another realm or another galaxy where uh, beings live that might be different from ours? Oh, wow. He just showed me the most beautiful gardens. Like it's almost like Avatar, but without the bad people. <laughs> without the, yeah. Right? So, meaning us trying to. <laughs> yeah, that's where the human, humans are the bad. But still, I understand. Like yeah. the beautiful gardens of uh, whatever that planet is. Yeah. It's so interesting because he showed me, like, the set, you know, how we, seven continents, right? He, sh he What if each continent, like, was an idea that came from a galaxy, right? Um, hold on. I just so if the seven continents were like seven different star systems, mm -hmm. all relating to each other. Right. Okay. And what are the people like that you're... He, doesn't, he, goes, and he doesn't want to sound rhetorical, but he's like, it is so infinite. The energies, the, like he showed me the butterflies. Imagine the butterflies being that you can like hop on, you know, take a ride. He's like, anything is possible over there. Right. And, and it reminded me of um, Eben Alexander, his uh -huh. book. Um, proof of Heaven. Proof of Heaven and how he, remember how when he first, if I'm getting this right, when he first passed away, mm -hmm. showed all the different layers of the earth and the, gr the grind. And then afterwards being like on a butterfly and seeing his sister or something like that. That's the image that I'm getting. That's right. That's correct. I mean, he didn't know it was his sister until months right. later when the birth family that had 
given him up for adoption, sent him a photograph of his sister that he never had met. And that was the woman who had taken him on that tour of those fantastical right? vistas. And so, again, um, <laughs> he's like, it is so beautiful that people would be dying to get there. <laughs> Well, we don't want to encourage anybody. No, no. But, but no, Jim, no. so my question, Jim, is what you're describing, does it exist per se, or is this a mental construct that you're creating or that your class is creating, or is this an actual place in another universe, let's say? And what is it? Oh, it's not a place or a construct. But then he showed it to me. He, he, it goes back. It relates to love. It's a love. It's the way love shows up or the way that love ends up um, manifesting. So interesting. So like when you're in love, when you are in love here, mm -hmm. everything has to be a little bit more beautiful, right? Like the days look a little bit brighter. The, the colors are a little bit brighter. Um, when you, when you're in love, and so he's trying to show, he's showing me that like, so on the other side, um, the same follows suit, but it's just even more grandiose. It's even bigger. And it's even because love is infinite. Right. And so is he, is he saying the, the aspect of love or that sort of open heartedness, unconditional love that he's kind of describing it, that filters your experience of visiting another galaxy. So when you get there, what you see is the beauty and joy and as right. opposed to anything negative, let's say. Right. The mud, whatever. And that's a negative, but you know what I mean. And he says the mud is beautiful and he's, yeah. showing, he's showing me the lotus. Flower. So, oh, the lotus. That's interesting. And uh, so is your teacher, you know, we've met your teacher. Is she part of this? classroom or does she is she imparting sort of how to do this or are it's another teacher involved with this another teacher it's a it's like a <laughs> that's interesting it's like having a manifestation class here but over there you know how people yeah yeah manifest manifest stuff so can we talk to your teacher yes <laughs> Do you mind? I mean, and let's, is it a male or female? It's a male this time. And if you could just describe what he looks like, tall, short, two no. arms. Hold on. <laughs> it's that little short dude. That guy that we call. Oh, that okay. Big. Describe him, please. He looks like a little leprechaun kind of. Okay, and let's ask him, are you the same person? From the Akashic Records. So you are the same person we met in the Akashic Records. And what are you you keep giving me different names when I ask you your name. What? Five. Five. Does he want to go by that as well? Is that the same name? I yeah, think same. You said he said five. No, did we I, say that before? Yeah, no. he said what he said now. Okay. Like as in high five and, you know, I don't know. What is that in reference to five? Is it numbers, digits, or are you just being funny? You want, he says it's a reference that we won't understand until we get over there. Okay, thank you. And let me ask you a couple of questions. And I appreciate you stopping your class to answer our questions. And for people driving in their car, trying to figure out what are we talking about? This is a person that 
I've spoken to through many different people. Um, somebody that the book, Divine, he shows up in this book, Divine Counsels in the Afterlife, five. Jennifer doesn't know because she hasn't seen these interviews with him where I've asked him questions. And, he's, and by the way, I don't, you know, I couldn't remember what his name was. I, I know you couldn't. So, life, but he said it was five. I'm like, did we say that before? So yeah. let me ask you five. I, and this is probably in, in terms of our podcast and what we're doing and trying to help people. The most um, comment that has given me the most thought is something you said, because the person who was accessing you the first time said that they didn't believe in God. And so during their hypnotherapy session, the question that they asked their guide, go ahead. So I just like not believing in God is the same as not believing in love. And here's what five said before I knew his name. And I wasn't asking the questions, I was filming. But he said, God is beyond the capacity of the human brain to comprehend. It's not physically possible to do so. However, if you, you can experience God by opening your heart to everyone and all things. Unconditional love. Is that correct, Five? Tapping your nose. Would you please elucidate what you meant by that when I asked you the question five years ago, six years ago? Or when I filmed somebody asking you the question? In your heart, you have a choice. To be loved, to receive love, to find love, to halt the love. Um, God is like the extrasensory version of being love, receiving love, and emanating love. God does not hold back love from one another. You are what you think. So if you think you don't deserve it, then there's no way God can get it. Like there's no way. There's that... no way for the love to be there. And are yeah. you talking about, because I'm trying to really pin down this concept that God is more of a, like a medium, like the way water is a medium or paint is a medium for a canvas, almost or like I, consciousness. I'm a, or I'm a like medium. you're a medium yeah, and I'm a medium rare, but, but is I'm in terms of consciousness. And this is my question to five is the word consciousness, which appears to permeate, permeate the universe and all things. Is that kind of a definition of what or who God is? It is. It is. It is. And then he showed, he showed me, he's like, it's not your bodies. He goes, that's where you stop love. You have love. You, he goes, it's consciousness. It's, so it's that idea that everything. Go ahead. It's consciousness, which goes, of course, that doesn't reside in your body. You know, when you, when you're done with your play and you step out of your costume, love doesn't stay with that body. It disintegrates and goes back into the earth. Right. Um, or stays in a coffin, however. <laughs> however, it stays in your conscious energy. But that idea of unconditional love appears to relate to this thing of everything being interconnected. Sometimes people have an epiphany where they suddenly feel connected to everyone and all things. And I think that's like tapping into the matrix, like plugging in. Would that be correct, Five? Yes. He's okay. um, 
and it's not he or she, it's whatever, like he always shows up as a he to me, but it doesn't, you know, that's just how, cause why do you, cause you know what I look like. <laughs> it's that little guy, you know? And what's fascinating is just, I don't know, maybe a couple of, maybe a month ago, somebody said I, they, somebody on Quora was talking about seeing a very small fellow and actually described him almost like a, I don't want to say toad, but you know, almost like, yeah, just completely not anything, but yeah. <laughs> but like, also I, old, but at the same yeah. time, oh. timeless. Yes. So, yeah. and then I, I of course, we all want to call you Yoda. That's kind of what he looks like. That does make sense. So I think it's kind of fun because of course we all know who Yoda is and you know, five is like an unusual name for somebody. I mean, is there a four? Let me ask you five. Is there a four? There is not a four. It's only five. <laughs> okay. Very good. What's funny is that he has a sense of humor and doesn't mind me. I'm like, like, is it because you're, are we in the fifth dimension? You know, he's like, it's not that difficult. It's just five. <laughs> and so, Every, all humans try to make it so difficult. Look at what they've done to the Bible. They try to make everything so difficult. So why did you orchestrate this conversation today? What do you want to impart to people that are tuning in all over the planet? The millions of people who will listen to this in five years. It's so funny. Rob Williams is like, come on, love, love. <laughs> and he means it, love, love. I'm like, I know, I get it. Come on. And just to repeat what Robin Williams coming forth to say what we asked his opinion of this research was and or what something he could tell people and he said, love, love. And five is repeating that in a different sort of quantum mechanics level that love permeates the universe. If you love love, or you love yourself, then you can open yourself up to experience God. Right. So Correct. But I'm just shocked that you showed up today, Five. He's like, I was asked to by you asking my father. That's true. I know. But oh. I didn't realize. See, now, your dad, your, uh, and just to clarify, we talked to your dad about the first class we visited, which was taught by somebody with eight arms, a woman. And we, we talked to her a few times, and then she said that people on the planet refer to her, her energy, her frequency, as Ma Durga. Madre, which, is, yes. which is a Hindu goddess. And we've talked to her about the planet she's, you know, incarnated on, etc. All that stuff. And now here, Jim, your dad, is in another class, which is about love, really, because he's now seeing galaxies that are built with love. I, am I correct? Is that what he's saying? He's like, if I learn about love, this is my dad. Yeah. Then I'll know how to push more love to you guys. So learning about love in this class, let's say. In, from an in energetic, from a God, in a godly way, like from an energetic standpoint. So Jim, if I can just, to, to help people wrap their minds about what this, what we're talking about, how many people are in your class? That's an easy thought or concept. He says we all are in the class. Okay, so it's not a classroom per se, but it's a class of individuals but I, but you're saying everybody's sort of in the in and out of the class at all times. Seekers, it's a class of seekers. Okay, so if um, I ask you to look, go ahead. Pause. 
no, it's okay. It's I'm just, okay. Jennifer's Jennifer has moved into another universe. Um, so a class. So the classroom. When when we ask this question, you know, the look around the class. Sometimes people see a giant auditorium. Oh, your lovely your your puppies here. He likes he likes when we talk to dogs. On the flip side, he's probably a friend of Hira's. It's a she. It's Chloe. I am so sorry, Chloe. I hope I hope I know. On the flip side, you don't care. <laughs> she hears your boy. Aww. So, aw, Chloe, yeah. thank like, you for coming in. So, five. let me ask you five. The fa the fact that you're aware of our conversation and our podcast, and of course Jennifer's dad Jim, who is one of the members of your class, and it just so happens that Jennifer's pal Richard has talked to you before. Do you talk to everybody all the time, or some of the time, or how does that work? Um, hold on. I don't keep love away from anyone. And so what's a way for, if somebody wanted to talk to you, and I know, I know you said before, I like, why he says five. It's so interesting. Sorry. I'm like, ahead, he, goes, please. He, goes, he goes, don't say, you don't have to say the word God. He goes, say, say the it's love. So if, it's love. That's why he goes, that's why I went by five because God is too right. People get so crazy about the terminology. That's why he goes by five. I just thought it strips away everything right, about it's a digit, yeah. right? It's a digit. Yeah. It's a digit. He goes, who doesn't love numbers? And if the, if the universe is made up of numbers and equations and algorithms and, you know, love, he goes, I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. I mean, he could have said he was three point one four nine seven pi. I know, said, but I, yeah. I just find that he just showed me this, all these pictures of um, how it, it's just so much easier to get rid of the language. So you did mention once before that that more people were coming to talk to you or bug you as a result of our conversations with the people on the flip side. So what is a way to come and can converse with you when you're not busy with your class? How can people reach out to you five? Through their hearts. Through their hearts. So describe that to us. What, what would be a way to ring you up, dial up the five, literally the five That's on the cell phone. It's like, just say, just turn off with like, it, you know, if God is too hard, challenging for you to con conceptualize just say i just want to do i can i dial up five just he's saying through your heart just say hey five what's five 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 maybe that's it too it was always those numbers that could be it that's too. right because you know they decided in movies that you know they couldn't give out people's phone numbers so they always go five 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 and even one of my films, I actually, you know, figured out what like JL five. You know, somebody's like, "What's your number?" I said KL five, which is five five five. <laughs> <laughs> so five, dude. I think yeah. that's so hilarious. High five. Any <laughs> five. Oh my goodness! <laughs> right. Right. It is kind of funny. I think, I mean, the fact that we're getting punked and just, you know, like, uh, uh, can we copyright the guy's name? You know, let's just make a restaurant, the five. Right. But did you see how 
but you saw how like crazy it is how humans get so caught up in their brains like okay is it the, like me the fifth dimension or is there more yeah. of you number five and and is this only the fifth you know time you've been here like whatever he's just like and he's yeah. like no it's a digit you know and it's better to be a digit than to be you know because we do identify with the mother energy of earth or with the father energy of blah you know whatever and god's always referred to as a male i don't know why uh clearly so he said that he didn't want to make fun of the female and that's i'm like because i asked him the same question i'm like why are you a male and he goes fives are not male or female it's not a male number it's very hard to identify yoda as a male or female and people do right right as if he's out there partying around uh okay five uh what would you like to impart to the planet people driving in their car right now and they get a chance to access course because we met five in the Kashuk library and he was showing us because he showed us at one point one of the interviews we had with him I was asking him to identify the volumes that are in the Akashic Library, meaning your whole, every lifetime you've ever had. And I said, is it a book? Are you looking at a book? And, and at the time he said, more like a tennis ball, and, but like a tennis ball of light. And then we asked him to open up the tennis ball. And he said, there's fractals in there, numbers. So if you think about mathematically about time and space, it's all numbers ones right. and zeros even what we're doing right now it's ones and zeros right but if we have the right formula it becomes this thing imparting information telepathically or verbally but the idea right. of opening up the fractal so what's a way for people to visit their conscious library five because i know not everyone can get into your class he says focus on the now okay so then you're by focusing on now or unfocusing, being present, your Akashic records will come to you. And so, so the- it goes back to being open to knowing that you're not alone. You're not the only person or version of yourself here, but this is the important. Um, okay. I know that's too complicated. He's like, so I'm also receiving like, you don't know who you are in your dream state. Who are you there? Who says that that's not the real version of you? Like, <laughs> Very good. Yes. And I know a lot of people would be like, ah, jazz hands on that one. Um, so, yeah. but, I, but I guess what I'm asking, and uh, please, I understand what you're doing. You're laying the groundwork for what I'm about to ask next. That's what he's doing. He's saying, so the first thing is be aware of the now. Be present in the moment. Right. Be aware that you've had previous journeys here or somewhere else or whatever that is. That's the f- number two. And number three would be then, should people ask you to help or should they just go to what in their mind's eye, what the previous journey might have been and whatever comes to mind? Or, or should they ask for a guide to help them? So I just got a picture in my head. It's going to everybody perceives information differently. Thank you. And so like by me just sitting still, when I close my eyes, I got a picture of this little girl in a pig pilgrim outfit, you know? So, you know, and again, then I, he says, don't judge it, which can, you always say, don't judge it. 
You just know that you were, that's one of the lifetimes. So are you showing, Five, are you showing Jennifer a pilgrim uh, lifetime that she had as a pilgrim? Correct. And so in the vision. And, and then I just felt coming over from New York, like there was something about, like, so probably the more Mormons, maybe I was Mormon back then and we made the pilgrimage to Utah. Who knows? I think I died on the way though. I'm getting. <laughs> so, but hold on. Well, this is what people do. And so it's like, try not to judge it. Try not so to judge it. I just got all just, of that in that shot. So you access this information. So in this, in this particular instance, you're showing Jennifer a previous lifetime that she had and by not assigning any emotion to it, oh, I should have, I could have, or this happened, or that trauma, right. you can just sort of access that part of it. And what I try to do, and correct me if I'm wrong, Five, is I try to to let, help people to connect the dots. Why did they choose that journey? Why have they chosen right. their current journey? And, and what, they, it's, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, go ahead. Go ahead, no, 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 and uh, I, that I, idea I connecting. Like you. I'm acting like you. I'm sorry. No, no, please. <laughs> no, people don't want to no, hear me. Go yes, ahead. they do. So with what you just said, he says to dive in deeper. Dive in deeper, just like you said. So have those questions maybe written. Like, what is it that you want to learn from a past life? Really? Okay, so I was a pilgrim and I, I got sick on the way and died from something. That So what did I learn out of that? Um, my mom had grief. My dad had grief. Like they learned something maybe more so than I did. You know what I mean? You yeah, know, yeah. Um, my dad's just showing me, he's just showing me like how you go around and around, like lifting me up around and around. He was like, we've been doing this forever. Dancing. And that's probably why. Yeah. That's probably yeah. why I have such a deep love. Sure. It's for dancing, dancing and flying and, but at the same time, for your dad, it's that connection. Uh, you know, in my own he says, case, because I'm, I'm, he's just showing me as you're my butterfly. You know how we always want signs, whatever. He's like, you're my butterfly. Wow, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Signs on the flip side that your your loved ones are still on the planet. That's an unusual mm -hmm. thought. And then he just went, "I love you." I but love you. That was our. So, Mr. Five, what else do you want to impart to us? I know we don't have you for long. What What else do you want to tell people? I mean, I know that I and know that. Was, that I, go ahead. That was an example of love. Like my dad sharing that with me was an example of his love for me, and feeling that and receiving that. Um, if I sat there and questioned it the whole time, I would have missed the whole point. And I think that's what people get wrapped, which I used to do all the time, but people get wrapped in their head. Right. Brilliant. And so I want to add it, it, perhaps the question that people might ask instead of, you know, who I was, I, who was I in a past lifetime or why did I go through this journey? Ask what was the love lesson of that lifetime? What love did I experience in that journey? You tapped your nose. And what was the, uh, the idea of experiencing whatever it is, where was the love in that journey? Instead of, you know, right. people do recall traumatic events and traumatic lifetimes and, you know, things that happened. But if you focus on that question, then you can sort of sidestep the trauma and focus on the love, whether it's holding the hands or, you know, or embracing somebody or being connected to them. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty amazing. 
Um, all right, so, and so let me ask you five, how many students do you have? You have everybody, are we all your student at some point? Billions, trillions. Billions. All right, so Luana, here we go. We've, did you have five on your VIP list there on your clipboard? We should talk to five? No, she said I did, which means that you did. We all did. They just showed us, you know, that's just how it works. This I kind of, consciously yeah. did not. You consciously did not. We never do. We only say, hey, can you talk or can we? <laughs> well, I must say the other day, and I don't know why this came up, but I was quoting in this new book, I was quoting Tacitus. All right, Tacitus. And there's like a quote in there. He was a Roman historian and he wrote about Jesus at some point when he was, you know, he lived to the year like uh, 100. So he was writing about a guy that was in existence, right? Who had lived. And it was, you know, just prior, just after he had disappeared off the scene. And I Googled Tacitus and up came an article that I wrote for, uh, for Medium as well as on my blog, richmartini.com. Uh, and it was about Tacitus and Plato. And I had a dream, which I put in, sometimes I'll put a dream on, you know, online. And there it was, and I was having a conversation with these older gentlemen, just guys in togas. That's, that's what came to mind. They were super old. And, and I was kind of like listening and, you know, paying attention. And then at some point, one of them turned to me and said, so when you wake up, search for Tacitus, and returning lives. And then you'll know that this dream was true. Or Tacitus and you know, life returning to life. And so I was like, what? And I wrote it down. And then I looked it up. And sure enough, there is Tacitus talking about, you know, uh, the concept of reincarnation or of souls returning. Stop giving me the chills all the time. You know, and so I look, I can't say I knew Tacitus. But right. I have a feeling that I met him on the flip side, that I was yeah. having a dream where he was having a conversation, but he turned to me to make sure that I would remember who it was. Cool. So, so unusual. And so it, it's something to point out to people. It's not that like I'm just a nutty guy, but it's to point out when you want to ask a question to someone who's no longer on the planet, they don't retain all because you know there was weird things about tacitus let's just say you know i've read a lot about him since yeah. you know he was just a character interesting great writer but you know tacitus of that that era but now on the flip side he's a guy with a lot more insight he's a guy with a lot more awareness right. as everyone is and right. so the idea that you could chat with them and had learned something from them it doesn't matter who it is their higher self is always back there and you can have you can learn things from them what are you thinking i think we're all i'm not thinking but i was just given that we're all students aren't we we are all students so lou anybody else on your on your clipboard no she just says thank you hira <laughs> It's funny. I, I'm wondering if her clipboard has the number five on it. Like, whoop. and now Hira, Hira the dog. And again, for Hira people. He's just saying that we need to go see Robert. We need to go see the, the maestro. All uh -huh. right. 
Okay. And Hira, anything else you want to say about animals on the flip side? Because, you know, I get that question a ask, lot. Ask us questions. <laughs> She's like, ask us questions. Ask us questions. And how do you do that? The same way we're doing it now. So did I tell you this? So I did that talk, that public talk uh, at Menla. I posted it online. So it's on our, our uh, martinizone.com YouTube website. Um, but it's like a two-hour talk. I apologize. But what it is, is at some point I mentioned Hira because I said, you know, Hira showed up on our podcast right. and said, insisted that I talk about the fact that animals are on the flip side and they help us, especially people who are doubters or skeptics or whatever, the fact that they might be able to, because it allows for the possibility that they can talk to an animal that they loved. Right. And, right. and that opens their heart to that, you see, and then they're not so jaded and skeptical. They might not want to talk to Uncle Pete or Aunt Betty. You know, mm -hmm. they don't, may, don't want Aunt Betty hanging around to see what's going on in their life. But an animal that they loved unconditionally is happy to chat with them. Mm -hmm. So, Hira, give us a one, two, three. What's the best no, way? We did not have judgments of you when we were, you know, animals don't have judgments. They love us unconditionally, you know, unless they were hurt or injured or, you know, or hungry. <laughs> um, and they're there to help like any other. You know, like anybody else. But yeah. So, so Hira, one, two, three is open up your heart, hold on to something of theirs, whether it was a collar or a picture or a photo, like you've said before. And then just write down some questions and just see what impressions you get. So, what feelings come through. You might just, you might all of a sudden smell them or you might like, you might see pictures that come in or you might have feelings that come in. You know, they just showed me my cat. I had, I saw a picture yesterday of my daughter and my black cat that I had for 18 years. That I loved named Kitty. And I sent it to my daughter and she's like, that picture says so much. And like, and the door was open. I'm like, yeah, like it just was such a beautiful picture. Like I love that cat so much. And my, my favorite thing, sunshine, because the beach was in the background sunshine, my daughter, <laughs> And the cat, and then the door was open. You know, I'm like, just in case she needs to escape, because that's the ongoing joke that Blake always needs an escape route. Um, she is so cute. Um, but yeah, just either a picture, like you'll get feelings and emotions. But I got sad looking at that picture. But then I'm like, you were the best cat I've ever had in my life. Please come back to me. <laughs> and I started crying, like I'm about ready to cry right now. I'm like, please come back to me. So, Hira, let's ask you that question. How can people orchestrate that, or is that just part of the animal's journey? I mean, you know, whether or not they kind of know. What, we've heard this before where animals say, we understand incarnation, but humans do not. And so, so funny. when I read animals, I end up more emotional over animals than I do people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because of the unconditional love thing. So, but let's ask Hira that because it's not your cat we're talking to. We're talking to Hira. And so Hira, <laughs> go ahead. I'm like, I want to talk to my cat. Oh, we can talk to your cat, Kitty. Oh, okay. All right. But like, okay. so Hira, how does that work? Do they, do you guys, are you always searching? We're there with or without you acknowledging us. So not only are we loyal, 
Thank you. Loyal companions to you here, but we're also loyal companions to you just in the other room. But I guess my question is, and so Jennifer's added this element of, would you please come back to me? How yes. would you orchestrate that, Hira, on the flip side to come back? I mean, it doesn't have to be all of your conscious energy. It could be some. No, we, we always, there's always a portion of us that comes back in a different animal. Wow. Showing so, like, like, I'm Hira. There's no other Hira, he says. But there might be a mini Hira that like I can some portion of your conscious energy, like twenty percent or something like that. He showed me a paw going like this. Oh my <laughs> a paw on your nose. Yes. So some portion of Hira could come back, let's say, and it, I, you know, because he was a big dog. I'm going to mm -hmm. think Chihuahua, you know, or cat. He said never it's, a Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> never a Chihuahua, but a cat or never a cat. You did make a cat joke before. Never. Well, a cat that looks like a dog. Okay, but let's imagine another dog, some, you know, cool dog. Because luckily, people that have had cats, they want another cat. People that have had dogs, they want another dog. There's really not that much confusion. Okay. So how how do you orchestrate that? Again, the humans making it difficult. Now I can't stop laughing about it because we all do. We make everything so difficult. Right, because we have to have a you know a button on it. But so so let's just pretend, Hira. Let's say you want to come back as a dog to Robert, who's still on the planet. How would you orchestrate that? Would you go seek out the family or the parents of the dog that he's supposed to find in the future? Would you seek it out? Would, it would, how they work is it would usually just drop on their lap. That's so, what it. So describe is that like, what would be a process? There'll be like, they'll read something in the paper. Like I say the paper, but online and then, or a friend will tell, thank you. A friend will mention, Hey, I have a cat or a dog. I have a dog here. You know, do you want to like it? It will slowly start coming to you. So almost like you're sending out cell phone signals, text messages to a variety of people, coincidences. Correct. And then when the, so when the human then shows up at the shelter or goes over to the friend's house. Have a and match. There's, go ahead, sorry. Then they have a match. Then they have a match. So there's a litter there and the one animal that is their animal from before, how does, eyeballs them or kind of sends a vibe or what? We have a huge thing to push them towards them. <laughs> so there's something like all the dogs, like pushing that one dog, you know, from the flip side over wow. the dog that's here over there. He says it's a huge operation. I feel like wow. he's. Wow. Yeah. I interrupted you. Sorry. I'm saying, wow. So what was the last part? No, he says it's a huge operation what they have to do to get to get a portion of them back here for the owners that are here to find the person they're supposed to. If somebody lives long enough, if they do it at one dog at a time, they usually have only three dogs if they live well. Sure, sure. And I was looking at that the other day, National Geographic had a thing about the lifetimes, the average span of all these different animals, whales. Apparently there's some uh, fish in Boston that lives like 400 years. And what? then, yeah, and then, there's a shark. It's the type of shark that lives 400 years. I mean, turtles we know live up to you know 200 years, 120 something like that. So that you could think about, and trees, of course, live you know 5,000 years. So you have this thing of 
they've seen you so many times before. We're not aware of it because on stage we got blockade. You know, we're completely <laughs> focused. Our filters are up, but they don't have the same filters we have. Is that correct, Tyra? Is it that you don't have the same filters that humans have? Or just different? We do have filters for danger and stuff like that. We do have filters, but it's like, we don't, we do have filters. We don't act necessarily upon curiosity. I'm like, you guys are so curious. He's like, not like that. Um, and coming back here, because we just do it. Like there's you not know, a lot of debate about it. Yeah. There's not a lot of debate because we just know that we have to eat. We need to be loved. We need to walk. <laughs> we need to like, it's just like, it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's yeah. also the aspect of, you know, so many, like, you know, like you said, the animal might live 10 years or 15 years. Right. And, and for somebody over there, that really feels more like a couple of minutes. Correct. You know, we've heard that 25 years on earth feels like five or 10 minutes over there. Right. So five minutes, you know, so you're off planet, you're back home. And now it's like, oh, now what do I want to do? I think I'm going to show up as a pet goat <laughs> or my donkey. Anyway, go ahead, Ira. Well, that's funny because he says, he goes, yeah, I wanted to be a buffalo since I love them so much. So, yeah, I guess they do come back and they can do that. If they wanted to, but he says it's rare because somebody that owns a dog isn't going to own a buffalo. Right. A little bit harder to find the person that you love so much. And what about people who clone animals? I mean, you have that, right? That's a, something that's still out there. But that no one ever reports feeling that's the same animal. So is it that they're not interested in coming back as the cloned animal? There's a portion of it, but not all of it. And that's what they get disappointed in. I see. Because that persona is a little bit differently. Different. And they're going to have like shorts. He just showed me like a short, like shorting out. Oh, yeah, like circuit circuit board. Well, let me ask you this, Hira, and um, uh, Jennifer may not be aware of this answer, but that idea of a life planning session. So yeah. you're there and you work out the life you're going to plan, not with the humans, but with your family, your other animals, like who's going to be what. Right. right. And is that so it's kind of identical the way humans plan? Kind of. She just showed me Luana's cat, you know, like, like just having we just and i'm not saying that he met luana's cat but they oh yeah why would he because he knows luana they go they have you guys have lifetimes together so our soul group has the soul group of animals too very good and when you see that cat do you can you see a, a luana's cat it's still big <laughs> <laughs> and is it a calico cat or is it the one that looks like uh um, the other one. okay that's uh, mr bailey uh, his yeah. pictures are on here somewhere. That's funny. Oh, well. Uh, I have to go. I know you have to go, but I do I... have to show Mr. Bailey. There he is, Mr. Bailey. Oh, so cute. Luana's yes. last photograph on the planet, me and Mr. Bailey in her room that my dad designed. That is so awesome. Isn't that cool? How funny. Anyway, Jennifer, what an amazing, I'm so glad you were available. What a mind-bending uh, podcast again. People that are driving, please be careful. Look around. Notice the traffic around you. Be here now. And people that are tuning in, we love you, and we appreciate you tuning in.
Love, love. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.